back for another edition of the Prize Picks, Picks and Bets show. Going to be talking all things Thursday night football, of course. If you're joining us for the first time, want to remind you this show is brought to you and presented by prizepicks.com. Get on over to prizepicks.com, use promo code MMN, get yourself a 100% deposit bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. We're going to go through some of it here. I'm going to have some prize picks for you that you can use this week, but all kinds of picks and plays over there. You can use them all sorts of ways. Daily fantasy made easy at prizepicks.com. This week, we've got a banger on tap. We've got the Chiefs and the Chargers. Going to be a great game. The last three times these guys played, the totals were 62, 54, and 59. And this week, we've got a total. It's in Kansas City, a total of 54 and a half. The Chiefs currently favored by four at home. We do have some big injury news, so I'm going to talk about that first because I think that's the biggest thing, right? Everything that we're going to talk about here is going to relate to that. When we get to the structure, as always, first I'm going to go through prize picks for Thursday Night Football, then I'm going to go through DraftKings for Thursday Night Football, but as far as it goes for the injuries, there's some big ones, and we already got them today. Keenan Allen, officially out. Donald Parham, still out, so we'll talk about that later at the tight end position. And then also bigger news from the Kansas City side, Harrison Butker, will be out and they've elevated Matt Amendola. So I don't know if you saw the video last week. I mean, they had a good lead over Arizona, but the Chiefs did have their safety, Justin Reed, kicking extra points. He went one for two, by the way. So if you want to check that out, you can go on Twitter. They put up a pretty cool video of it, just showing him getting ready for it, kicking off, all that sort of stuff. But they hopefully won't need that this week. Matt Amendola will be in there and he has been put into the player pool over on DraftKings for 4,000, just like Harrison Butker was before. So, Let's talk about prize picks. Like I said, we've got it here. 54 and a half total. Chiefs favorite at home. Talked about the injuries already, but I've got two plays that I like here. Last week, one and one. This week, we're looking to get back on the winning bandwagon, go two and oh. First one for me seems pretty easy. I actually like Austin Eckler a ton here uh, in a different sense maybe than you're thinking, but he does catch a lot of passes, so it should fit what you should be thinking. I like him more than 37 and a half receiving yards. Uh, really low snap share last week. It was only 51%. We saw everybody. I think we saw Kelly. We saw the other back up there. You know, it was just a setup where you didn't see him on the field as much. And I would expect to see it a lot more this week. So uh, in this game, trying to keep Mahomes and crew off the field, using him in a better setup where you can get get him in open space and find his way. If you look at last week, um, it was Sony Michelle, the other guy that got on the field there with him, not catching passes. That was Joshua Kelly. But just to bring it up here, looking at it, uh, more rested. If you think of you know, 51% snap share, he should be more rested, ready to go. He still got 36 yards. Going back to this on prize picks, more than 37 and a half is all we need here. He got 36 yards on just four targets. So I think if, you know, and that's against the Raiders here, I expect them to be out there more game script independent in the sense that if they're up, it could be from that, from him catching a pass from Herbert in open space and taking it to the house early. Maybe we hit it right, right out of the gate. Or if they're down, you should expect to see him even more. So that number seems low to me. I like that one quite a bit. For my second pick, we're going to go over to the other side here. And we're going to go play a little bit of wide receiver roulette when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs side, of course. They've got a lot going on over there. We saw Juju get peppered early on in the first half. And they should note with saying that, look at some of the stats from the first half versus the second half. It, it focuses more, I'm thinking more at like running back where Pacheco ended up coming in. That's because they were blowing the Cardinals out. So wouldn't look at that as much. But when you go to the wide receiver setup here, they've got Valdez Scantley. They got Sky Moore. They've got Juju Smith-Schuster. Hardman, all those guys. And then, of course, Kelsey at tight end. But I'm going to go to Hardman. 
on prize picks this week. They've got a Hardman number there. It's more than 35 and a half receiving yards is what I'll be looking at. Six targets in game one, only caught three. But just like last week when I had the Gabe Davis call, remember I was telling you to pause the video, get out, get that one in. This is the same thing here. I'm starting to see this number climb already and you can get it right now at more than 35 and a half receiving yards on prize picks. So get over there now. Put these two together, get a power play in. You'll get three times your money. If you choose to use just one of them, you can add some of your own. If you want to stack it up even more with picks of your own, you can use these two as a starting point. However you'd like to do it, I feel very good about both of these picks this week. So to recap, we've got Nicole Hardman, more than 35.5 receiving yards, and Austin Eckler, more than 37.5 receiving yards. Sticking with those overs, for me, early in the season, things I'm seeing on the field from week one, just the way I like to go about it. We'll see how it goes as the season goes on. Hopefully, you're joining us here every week on the Mayo Media Network. If you haven't yet, hit that like button, hit that subscribe. It helps us out a ton moving forward. That's going to do it for prize picks this week, though. Trying to go two for two, like I said. Before we get into the next segment, which is the DraftKings segment, talking all things Thursday Night Football, captains, exposures, everything, want to remind everyone where you can find me. Two places. One, on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. If you guys haven't followed me there yet, please do so. I put out a little thread, actually, every Saturday for NFL. I did it for PGA as well, but it's called Tambo's Tidbits. Basically, all you're going to get is all the things I find that are interesting throughout the week in one thread. So it's very valuable. It's not, I talk to 37,000 people and find this way to make it yourself rich, whatever it might be. It's nothing like that at all. It's a very valuable thread. People love it. So follow me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. And then, of course, rumpuresports.com if you guys haven't yet get over to rumpuresports.com get signed up all sports one price all my premium content is over there and we even have collabs with the mail media network doing shows here throughout the season so check us out over there let's get into it though let's move on to that DraftKings segment and i think last week the way i did it was good kind of going through sort of some general grand scheme overview things when it comes to the slate and then we'll go through it and talk about captains and talk about the flex and how it go how it goes but one thing we didn't talk about last week, and if, you know, if we have or if you, you, know, you already know this stuff, it's beginner. Remember, some people are just getting into it for the first time, but build your lineups and con- your build your roster construction around the game script, right? So it's how you see it play out. There's a great tool, actually. If you guys have another site that I should talk about right quick, runthesims.com slash Mayo. Get over there. It, Mayo talks about it all the time. The site there with Justin Freeman and everything he's got going on allows you to actually build these lineups in their simulator to be able to find what would happen if the game went like this, what would happen if the game went like that. And it can tell you sort of your leverage spots, who are some good plays based on those game scripts. Obviously in a lower scoring game, you'd think we see the defenses and kickers more in a higher scoring game. You probably aren't going to want to include them as much. They can get there in a high, in a high total. That's one thing I think people confuse a lot of the times you go back to, I think it was Rams chiefs, the game in Mexico where they scored over a hundred points combined. Everybody got their defenses, kickers, you name it. Now for something like this, 54 and a half total, I can see where you might think it's going to go over, but probably not that much. So don't, don't go that far with it, but just keep that in mind. Run the sims.com slash Mayo. will let you set it up in the simulator, but even still, if you don't have that and you're just trying to build based off of that, you want to build around thinking how it's going to go. So if you think maybe a lower scoring game, but look, the only guy you have full faith in is Travis Kelsey at the captain. Well, 16,500, you plug him in. If you have Kelsey in the captain, general strategy, just things you might want to do. Again, you don't have to do this, but probably want to put Patrick Mahomes in. Now you're down to an average of just 54.25 per player. But if you're saying it's a low scoring game, 
Maybe it's just that Kelsey picks up all the PPR points, the bonus, and the lone touchdown. Again, we're going for a really low-scoring game in this example just to talk a grand scheme overview. But now you'd put your kickers in maybe. Maybe you get Amendola in there and Hopkins. That leaves you 7,000 to then pick between your Ecklers, your Herberts, your Mike Williams, guys like that that you might want to use on the other side. So just little examples like that. Get the story in your head first and then go apply it, right? That's what I do. And when I have thoughts of if this was to happen, what would that mean in my showdown lineup? So I really like doing that before getting into it. Let's go into some of these captains though. You got Mahomes at the very top, 17,700. Herbert, 16.8 right behind him. Kelsey, 16.5 behind him. Eckler, who I talked about earlier, I actually like quite a bit here at 15-3. And I think he's an interesting one to start with just for the conversation around captain. I talked earlier about plugging in Kelsey. If you plug him in, he's 15-3. You, you have almost an average of 7,000 to spend. So I know most out there watching are thinking this game's going to go over or likely close to it. I would lean that it actually goes, for me personally, I, I just think it could go under. We're still in week two. There's some injuries on both sides of the ball. There's a chance that they go for it more without their kicker, Harrison Butker. They do have Amendola, but maybe they decide to go for it more. Something like that where if any mistake is made on either side, it is a big number. So I'm not saying to go 13-10 here. I'm saying that you might see it where it does go slightly under and this leaves you money to use without having to go to defenses, kickers, all that. If you don't want to, you could still fit in a lot of pretty good skill players. So starting with Eckler, let's say you want to put Herbert in. You can still get Mike Williams and have almost 5,000 or you can drop down to someone like, I don't know, maybe Joshua Palmer. Last year when Keenan Allen was out, which we talked about earlier, which he is, you, he stepped up big time. So I think you could go to Palmer here and put him in. You still have over 6,000 to spend and you're heavy on the Chargers side. So now you'd want to mix in the other, but let's say you even want a Mahomes. You still have 3,350 and there is still usable players down here at the bottom. I'm going to talk about one later when we get to tight end that I think is pretty interesting, but just going back here, pull it back up. Some of the other captains, I will say this strategy for me, at least I do like to use the, the captains that are, I don't know. I don't put a hard and fast rule on it, but 7,500 and up, like maybe 7,200 Gerald Everett, like that sort of thing here. I, you can make how I mean, you can make them however you want. People use defense at captain in, in certain games. I will. I'm just saying for me, for the most part in a game like this, where I still think they're going to score enough. I'm going to use a captain. That's probably Gerald Everett and above nothing official yet, but that's just where I feel good about it right now. Secondly, with that said, even if you think the game is going to go under, and that's why I said run the Sims is so good because again, promo code Mayo, you guys can use it to find this out in a game like this, where both sides spread it around. There's lots of different guys that get targets and get the ball in their hands. I think it's actually still fine in some cases where you can build with all skill players, no defenses and kickers, even on a lower scoring game, 2017 could be a thing. And you could still have it get there the way these guys spread the ball around and how good these offenses are and the efficiency they have. So I don't mind building that way either way, but I'm just saying I'm not looking to jam in these cheaper captains just to be able to get Mahomes, Kelsey, Herbert, Eckler. They spread it around a lot as is. I would do that more in a game where you have two very condensed offenses. In this case, I don't think they are. And let's talk about why, right? You go to the other positions here. Let me move it over here. So you go to the flex price drops down. What it's 1.5 X in the captain here drops back down. So 11, eight, for Mahomes, but just to go through it and look at some of these positions, let's go down to wide, go to running back first. So Eckler is in play. Joshua Kelly, who I talked about earlier, I expect to see more Eckler. I love him on prize picks for that over 37 and a half, but going back to it, still got a couple targets for Kelly. 
Still got to, you know, still put up five and a half DraftKings points. And he's cheap down here at just what? 1600. So he's a guy that would fit what I talked about earlier. On the other side of the ball, CEH is 8600. He played a, a pretty good role there last week. Got 22.4 DraftKings points. You know, some passes from Mahomes, which you actually didn't see a lot of in the previous year. You saw two target, three target type games, but right here last game, you know, and just a big game for him, 22.4 DraftKings points. And like I said, Pacheco coming in, that was a lot more late in the game, right? That you saw that. Uh, you go back though, Jarek McKinnon still got his shots, four targets, four attempts. So like I said earlier, they are going to spread the ball around. I would still expect that, but leaving Pacheco out because of a blowout situation might be the better way to go. You go down to wide receiver, you look at that, there's a lot of guys in play. Talked about already, Juju, Valdez Scantling, Hardman, Sky Moore. You, you know, you can go on and on with these guys. You flip to the other side of the ball and you've got all kinds of guys on the Chargers side too, right? And I talked about it earlier, Keenan Allen being out. Well, one guy that had a, real, a bunch of good games without Keenan Allen in in the past is Mike Williams. And if you go to last week in week one, Mike Williams, pretty owned and did not come through. So here, I think he'll still get ownership for the obvious reason that it's showdown. So he's going to pick it up either way. Keenan Allen's out. General casuals will play him either way. But he's a guy that had pretty big games with Keenan Allen out here. Just 9,000 in the flex. Again, going down the list. Palmer, who I talked about earlier. He's another guy who stepped up last year. So I think he's more interesting at $4,000 less. He's just 5,000 on this slate for the flex spot on DraftKings. DeAndre Carter stepped up last week. They still have guys like Jalen Guyton. So I think if you're looking at it from that perspective, there's other guys that you can use on the charger side to get different within your lineups and unique, right? Some cases you could set up a lineup where it feels just like I have too many guys that others will have. I've got uh, all my salary used. Well, you could do something simple like build your best lineup with Mike Williams in the flex, drop him out of your lineup and plug in Joshua Palmer, who is going right now for 5,000. So you'll leave $4,000 on the table beyond if you already had salary on the table, but it's not that big of a deal to do something like that. That's how you get unique and get non-dupes and things like that because all you're saying is can Palmer beat Williams for one game? And it's definitely possible. He could get two touchdowns and Mike Williams could do the same thing he did in week one and you could be in a great spot here. So that's just an example of a strategy I would look at taking in some of these lineups in something like the $15, which by the way, this week, a million dollars up top. Uh, just the other night, it was chopped like, five ways or something. I think it was a uh, four ways, maybe 293,000 for the top four prizes split. So it can happen and it can definitely happen in a game like this when I'm naming all of these options that you have. The other thing that was interesting to me was at tight end. If you go down and look, so I talked earlier, Parham is out again. Everett had a huge game. You go back and look at Everett. What was it? Uh, three, three receptions, 54 yards and the touchdown for 14.4 DraftKings points. But what I thought was interesting when you go and look, was Trey McKitty, even earlier in that game, he got four targets and three receptions himself. Much, much less yardage, didn't get the touchdown, and had a fumble, but still, 5.4 DraftKings points. He's $400 on this slate. Definitely someone I would include in my mass entry pool where I'm setting it up to have some of these lower-owned guys. Again, here's an example. Build your best Gerald Everett lineup. Look at it, decide, click him out, and put in McKitty. It's way riskier, but instead of sitting in a... 200-way chop on the final play of the game and, and hoping that Everett gets in for a touchdown so you split up the million with 200 of your friends. You may be sitting there behind them with the only McKitty lineup, but what happens when that pass goes to McKitty? You've got the unique and you ship the whole thing. Again, someone else might do that move that you have, but I'm, that's how you get those four-way chops. You've got a lower-owned guy in the flex. 
You're leaving money on the table. All of those factors are part of it. So I think that is another interesting way to go about it. And then, of course, like I said, you've got Amendola and Hopkins for either side for the kickers. You've got both defenses there. You can use them sparingly. I just, I wouldn't put them together heavily. I know some weeks people build the, you know, top price guy at the top, like Mahomes, put in Kelsey and then put both defense and the kicker. You look really good for the starting screenshot. It's almost like in PGA DFS where people put all six guys out from the very beginning and that they go off first and they get the screenshot because everyone's made par and is first in the tournament. So you get those position points. Same thing here. You start with two defenses. You obviously start with a lot of points. You have some of the other guys that are likely to get the ball first or what you would expect. You can get the early screenshot, but it usually doesn't end up the late screenshot. I'll just say that. So some of that stuff that I'm looking at, like I said, I hope that's helpful. As I said last time, if you guys want more of this or you want me to add different things or talk about different angles, throw it in the comments. I appreciate it. Always looking to innovate. I want this show to be good for you. We try and keep it sort of fast and furious to get through it, but we try and add as much as we can as possible as we go through it as well. Always open to adding more. So hopefully you can, hopefully you can appreciate that. Let's move on though. Let's have a quick look at the main slate, right? We've got another big one coming up. Last week, Pat Mayo and myself, we did the live show chat in studio. I know this week that we are switching it up a little bit. It's not going to be a live show chat. It's going to be an in-studio show. But at the time of day and everything that we had, it we just didn't have a lot of we didn't have a lot of engagement because it's so early in the morning, that sort of thing. And I think it's more the beginning people care about anyway. So we're going to continue to do that. We'll have more up-to-date ownership projections. We'll have more news on the injuries. We'll have more strategies and ideas for the slate. And I think it's just better. So going to try that again this week. The show will be out for you guys sometime Friday afternoon that you'll be able to get that and get it on your audio podcast, everywhere that you can listen to those. And then of course, right here on the Mayo Media Network. Again, if you haven't yet, hit that like button, hit that subscribe. It helps us out a ton. Let's look at main slate though. Just looking at it quick. Going to go, you know, maybe a quick position by position. Kyler Murray, the most popular at quarterback, sorry, the most expensive at quarterback at 7,500. Lamar Jackson right behind him at 7,400. Interesting note on him. I'm already hearing the news uh, just a little bit out there. People talking about how last week wasn't really the same Lamar Jackson. And there is some worry or some interest in finding out if He's not going to be the same guy because he wants to protect himself and find a way to get that big contract. We'll see. I don't know if I necessarily believe that, but it certainly looked like it last week. Um, Russell Wilson is priced up. You know, you saw what happened on thir- on uh, Monday Night Football here. A great game, but they did not get the job done. So maybe he bounces back. And then you got sort of Brady, Burrow, Stafford, Carr, those guys. One interesting note about Derek Carr is he's on- so he's on the opposite side of that game, right? With Kyler Murray, who I mentioned being the most expensive quarterback. The thing about Carr, though, was a great first game, 295 yards, 37 pass attempts, put up 16.8 DraftKings, so nothing to brag about there. But one thing that I did notice, and I'm sure all of you did, but it was very condensed. Obviously, the new connection with this guy, Devontae Adams, that he had there, and then on top of which is an old connection, we know that, but I'm just saying it looked really good for them being a new connection in the NFL. And then he had Renfro, Waller, sort of that's it. Like you've got a really condensed offense there that you can use. And for daily fantasy, that's what we want. So I definitely like that. Moving on to running back. Like I said, we're not going to go through everything here, but just to roll through a few things. Got JT back up at the top. Jonathan Taylor just looked great last week. He's now priced up to 9,900. McCaffrey let everybody down last week for the most part. 8,900 still. What You know, if you look at that, Still a little bit more expensive against the Giants. So that's interesting there. Got to wait and see on Kamara, Swift, those guys, the injury stuff. But it looks minor. We'll see what happens. Barkley looked incredible last week. Mixon 
should still be popular this week. You saw all the reports come out of all the, the work that he got, if you will. But, you know, the numbers weren't great overall. I think it was 21 or, yeah, 21 and a half drafting. So it's solid. Don't get me wrong. Almost 3X. But I'm saying it, it might not be as impressive to everybody else. I think the reason people will go to him is because they're hearing all the reports of how much work it was, his share, everything like that is all good to see. So I think he'll stay popular for this week. Chubb, another guy that people just don't want to play because from a PPR aspect, you don't see it. But here's a prime example. Only one target, one reception for two yards, still almost matched Mixon, 18.3. Not quite the 21 and a half, but still 141 yards on the ground. He got the attempts, 22. So I think he's another guy that you can always look at and just avoid. You're getting your PPR points at wide receiver. You're getting them at tight end, so on and so forth. I think that's just something to keep in mind. Again, I'm going to stick up top for this week just to lay it out. If you guys want to see something different going forward, let me know in the comments. Cooper Cup. $9,900. That is something I will be likely to avoid. I'll tell you why. I talked about this last year. 34.8 DraftKings last points last week was incredible. But this is the thing. First of all, he has to replicate it. Can he? Of course. He's Cooper Cup. Second of all, you have to have it the right way in your lineup. So you may have Cooper Cup lineups that he scores 35 in again. But if you don't have it with the right stuff, it's not going to help you in the end anyway. I'm going to look at correlation. I guess if you landed on him like the last spot, by all means, you could choose to use him over Jonathan Taylor. That would be just fine. But I'm just saying, I don't normally use the most expensive wide receiver. If he's going to come in at five or 10%, then I could see something different, but I think he stays popular. The one thing that could keep it down a little bit is some big games from some big price wide receivers last week, Devonte Adams. He's $1,300 cheaper. I think he gets popular this week. Chase. Talked about Mixon earlier. Chase himself had a really big game. He's the only one. I think he got six red zone targets, had 31.9 DraftKings points. Big week out of him. So back to my previous side, I could see where this drags the Cooper Cup ownership down some. But like I said, people will always find a way. And you know, by the time Sunday comes around, we'll have value plays that can make it all work. So we'll see how it shakes out. As of right now, I'd say last year, I avoided it year, like for years now, actually. The highest priced wide receiver typically has not come through for me. So I do not go there very often. Going down, Tyreek Hill, 7,100. Mike Evans, 6,800. You know, right now, Q tags on Pittman, Godwin, Higgins. Higgins, Godwin, the bigger ones to worry about and see what happens there. But just looking at the rest of it, there's not a lot to talk about as of right now with them. So move on to tight end. Mark Andrews last week, you know, you go to it, not the best week, disappointed people, just 10.2 DraftKings points. Going up against Miami now, definitely, in my opinion, a better matchup. If people are going to be down on him, we'll have to wait and see. But I would be interested in him. I know there was some news today about Kittle in practice. and he had to leave, I think he had to leave practice or didn't take part in practice. So uh, keep an eye on him. Darren Waller, 5,600, will fit those stacks I talked about earlier with Derek Carr. I think that's interesting. Um, Kyle Pitts, Schultz, Hawkinson. That's sort of how the prices go down from there. And Got a little bit of interest in sort of the lower range as well this week. But like I said, that'll be something Pat and I talk about on the Friday show. And then not going to talk about defense. We saw it last week. The cheap defenses were able to get there. You could play the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Bengals. That O-line, by the way, did not look ready yet. But they're just getting to know each other a little bit. So we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, the Bears, we ended up having that weather game. The Bears at you know, at the spot against San Francisco were just 2,200. They ended up coming through. Miami was decent. Like a lot of the cheaper ones came through last week. I think we'll be able to find some of those this week as well. So tune in Friday afternoon when Pat and I go through it. That's going to do it though for this week, guys. Just a reminder of what to expect. Like I said, it's going to be the same way every week on this show. I am posting my full content schedule on my Twitter. Follow me there at Toe Tag and Tambo. I'm going to pin it. 
so that you guys can see it, put some past achievements there. I know sometimes the golf guy, I do a lot of football DFS. I've been doing this for years now. It's something I love to do. It's one of my biggest passions. So hopefully that shows through. And then, like I said, the Friday show with Mayo and myself is always a good one. Check that out there. And then on Sunday, you can find me over at runpuresports.com. If you haven't yet, go over to the Run Pure Sports YouTube channel. That's where you'll find me for the Sunday show. It's early, 8.45 a.m. Eastern, but it'll be myself, AP, and my guy JT Hayes. Excited for that one. We had a great show last week. A lot of good takes there. The show's called Off the Chalk, where we're talking about what the ownership projections are, which ones we should use, which ones we shouldn't for you know good chalk, bad chalk. How can we get different with the good chalk or whatever you might want to call it. That's what we're doing with it over there. Uh, other than that, that's going to do it for this week, guys. Appreciate you tuning in. Be back next week. Same place, same time. Check us out at all those other places. Check out prizepicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Get these prize picks in. That's going to do it for this week, guys. Good luck in all your Thursday night contests. I'll see you later.